Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to a bonus episode of the Marathon Running Podcast. So in this episode, we're going to give you a history of us. If you're not interested in that, you can just listen to the normal and weekly scheduled podcast that's going to come out. So fear not, and you can just skip this one. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to season two. We are so excited here at the Marathon Running Podcast to have you back for this set of 52 new episodes and can't wait to get started on that. And today, Ryan and I are actually going to do a little episode where we introduce ourselves and tell you guys why we started this podcast. So we will hop right into that. So Letty, tell us about how you started the podcast. All right. So this podcast, I started in May of 2020, a year ago, and it was basically because I wanted to find a creative outlet for my love for running. I had been training for a marathon or for a few marathons. And in order to stay enthusiastic and motivated, I became more and more involved with topics that were related to running. And for that reason, my friend Angela and I actually started this podcast. So Angela is a friend of mine here from Fort Myers locally. She had just moved to Florida and was looking for this type of side project too. So we decided to join forces. Where'd she move from? She came from New Jersey. So Angela is a friend of both of ours. She's really nice. I think hopefully she'll come back on some episodes in the future. Um, Yes. But it is easier given that we have kids and that we both live in the same house for now. That we <laughs> <laughs> that we do the podcasts at the moment. So, what's next? So, yeah. So, then you came in, Ryan. So, maybe you tell the listeners how you started podcasting with me. Okay. So, as many people who are married know, <laughs> happy wife, happy life. So, basically, if Letty wants me to do podcasting, then I do podcasting. <laughs> Is that the truth? I think you really love running, though. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I grew up in Florida. I've lived and traveled all over due to school, which I do radiology. So I had to go through medical school and residency to be a radiologist. So I lived in Florida, New York, and L.A. would probably be the major places. Uh, I actually met Lenny in L.A. We got married, had kids. That's the quick synopsis. <laughs> so we have a, as of now, which every intro year we'll have to update, but we have a two and a four-year-old kid. Um, I started running in middle school. I ran track and stuff in middle school and in high school too. I kind of, I, I guess I kind of was always decent at running. Um, 
And so, and I like being athletic, so I enjoyed it. Nothing ever otherwise too seriously, though. Um, I actually am more into other types of sports like volleyball, water sports, things like that. Um, but Letty drags me on runs. <laughs> I don't drag you. And, and, and now I'm a, a co-host of, what is it, Marathon Running Podcast now? <laughs> and... Uh, mine should be a half marathon running podcast because I've done some halves, but I haven't even done a full marathon. Never say never, though. You haven't done one yet. That's why I'm the fill-in and she's the host. But anyway, um, I do enjoy running. I do value what Letty's been doing. She's the one doing most of the 99% of the work. And I feel like she's gotten some good people with good information. And it's kind of fun to hear that and to see. So hopefully... Everyone that listens will also enjoy and get something out of the stuff that she puts together. And with that, I've talked too much. So I'm going to ask Letty to tell us about you. What about me? Everything. So actually, yeah. So running podcasts, relevant stuff. So let's go from the beginning, which would be who you are first. Okay. So I'm Letty. I am from Germany and Ecuador. My mom is from Ecuador. My dad is German. I grew up in both countries. I speak German as my primary language and then Spanish, which is why sometimes my English sounds a little bit funny. I've lived in the United States since age 17. And I think you should get a pass if you speak multiple languages. I, I, you're actually really good with your pronunciation of everything. Thank you. I've gotten a speech impediment, all those... Uh, Things said to me a lot of the time because it's hard to place my accent, I guess, or it comes out sometimes more than other times. It's 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 not like the thing is. I think it's it's not like a, even a distinct accent. So that's the hard part. I think people have with it because you've probably worked enough to get rid of a lot or most of it. So it doesn't have those distinct features that allow people to pin it on a certain area. It was a lot of phonetics classes, how to sound like an American. And I've, I've told you this before, too. In order to speak English, I had to take whatever sounded the weirdest to me as a primary German language speaker, which is the American R. It's R. That sound sounds funny to every German out there. So we exaggerate that in order to lose the accent. Um, I understand how that works it's kind of cool i mean i'm i'm um monolingual <laughs> so <laughs> i i could understand a little bit of spanish but nowhere near like language proficient as you are so kudos to you but um moving on a little bit about yourself so you grew up in germany when you were younger about to 16 yes and then ecuador Actually 15 15 then ecuador for a few years, mm-hmm. and then the United States, where you jumped all over to different spots where you lived with like aunts and your parents, and is that right? Yes. So I moved from Ecuador to Oklahoma to Seattle to LA, and now we're in Florida. So it's kind of interesting. So you got like a little experience, multicultural experience to bring to the, the table. <laughs> so when did you really start running? So I ran in high school. I was on a relay team in Ecuador, but I think I was just a 
gap filler of somebody or whatever you call that. Somebody wasn't on the team anymore. And place filler. A place filler, a placeholder, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I didn't really run, but I started running when I lived in Seattle when I was 22. This was after college. Hold on. So. What started you running first? Because that's kind of sometimes interesting because maybe some people will remember if they're not runners, like what got you started in running? Like who did somebody motivate you? Did somebody, did something motivate you? And is that, did it, did it, your whole running career just start right there? Like a switch, you know, you just all of a sudden. It was a very dim, slow switch. (laughs) What is the first like enticing event? Sometimes that's interesting. There was really no enticing event. It was just, I was running with a friend of mine that wanted to run. So I said, sure, I'll run. And that was it for a while, just runs here and there. Then a 5K, a 10K, really no big reason. But then in Seattle back then, this is 2005 or 2004, there was a Virginia Mason half marathon. And so wait, who's this person you ran with? Boy or a girl? It was a boy. Boyfriend? An ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so you got to get the juiciness too. <laughs> Someone might like that. So go on. So Now we know that you started running with your ex-boyfriend <laughs> in Washington. And... So the story's already more interesting. The story's more interesting, I guess. I Yeah. Go on. So then we signed up for a half marathon and I just kind of did it, you know, my usual ways, no big training, just running here and there just to complete it. So nobody knows what your usual way is if they're new, but your usual way, which worked for you since that first half marathon until when? About like 2018? 2018. So yeah. So your usual way, wing it. I've been winging running since 2004, since the onset of my running. Okay. There were annual half marathons which were celebrated bigly back then because back then running wasn't such a common sport so if you ran a half marathon everybody basically bowed down to you and said wow you can accomplish so much so my usual ways of running were just not really training much and just running for completion i never cared about the time of my half marathon and later on marathons it was just to finish it Okay, so you were running half marathons. When did you remember when you ran your first full marathon? Of course. So I ran my first full marathon in 2009 at the LA Marathon. And so you were in Washington, so you moved to LA? Yes. So I moved to LA from Washington in 2009 because I had gotten into law school and I just moved by myself into an apartment close to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, which is, for the people that don't know, a three-mile loop that goes around it. And so in order to stay in shape, not to train for anything, but literally just to not blow up as you could, because if you're in law school, you sit down a lot because you're studying, I continued my usual fitness regimen, which was running three to nine miles. And when I was running the Rose Bowl, at one point, this man approached me and asked me if I was training for a marathon because he had seen me there regularly. I told him that he was crazy because I would never be able to complete such a distance. And he said to me... But you've already ran half, so you didn't think you could do a full? No, absolutely not. Every time I finished a half, I was completely done mentally and physically, probably because of lack of training. Okay, so who is that guy? So is this guy an ex-boyfriend too? (laughs) 
No, it was just a random guy okay. in his 50s and Random 60s. guy. <laughs> okay. a, a random runner that had approached me and he had told me that he himself had finished some marathons and that I should go to the beach in Venice on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. to watch the Road Runners Club of L.A., do their training runs. It wasn't 7 p.m. for a date. It was definitely not 7 p.m. for a date. <laughs> so, LA Roadrunners. LA Roadrunners, yes. There's probably about two to 300 at the time that I was training for this in 2009. And the way that they did meet was everybody met at seven o'clock. They had different pace groups. I think it was ranging from one through 10. Some of them with the highest number were walkers. Then you'd see run walkers and then progressively people that were a little bit faster by group. Um, so yeah. So I joined the Roadrunners in, or I tried to join the Roadrunners in March for the marathon that was taking place in May. I wasn't allowed to because the marathon was only two months out. So guess what? I joined them anyway. Um, how did you do that? I just showed up for the runs. <laughs> so they didn't want you to join, but you just joined anyway. Well, they said, have you run a marathon before? I said, no. And they said, have you done more than 13 miles before? And I said, no. And so they said, well, our training runs are at higher mileage. So you should probably come back next year. And you said, let's wing it. And that's, yeah, that's when I winged it. And I just showed up for the next run. So anyone that doesn't know LA or has never been, personally, I think it's one of the best place southern california one of the best places for running because it's relatively dry weather in the mornings it's nice temperature you know it's not it typically i guess i'd have to look up averages but you know very commonly we'd go run in the morning it could be in the you know high 60s or so and then by the time we're done it's in the low 70s so it's really pretty I, you know places to run it's good temperature for running so i really like it there for that but so did you run your first marathon then? I did run my first marathon. How'd it feel and what did you do? What time? So when I joined the Roadrunners unofficially, I joined group 10, which was run walk. And I progressively worked my way up to a running group. I ended up in group four, which was a 4.05 finishing time. Oh, okay. And then did you run a marathon then? I ran the marathon in May and finished in 4.07 with the pacer. Oh, good. So you're about the right time. How did it feel after you were done? I couldn't walk for a week. Are you kidding? I couldn't walk up any stairs. I was working downtown at the law office and it took me 30 minutes to get up a flight of stairs. And so you did, you quit marathons after that? No, I was hooked. So you've done a lot of marathons at, your first one was at a four hour pace. And then if I remember right too, like that's even when I met you and, you know, and we're early on, you were still running around a four hour pace or just under. Yes, that's my winging it pace. <laughs> Yeah, and going back to your winging it, meaning your training method of just showing up and running, essentially. Yeah, not With following a training plan, just um, relying on muscle memory. How many marathons have you done now? I think about 35 of them. And that's a lot. And when did you significantly change your marathon time? Because at some point, you significantly changed your time. So I started running faster in 2018 after having two kids and hiring a coach so that I could finally qualify for Boston. So what do you think was, you know, was it the having the kids? Was it like what motivated you? Well, I wanted to get my body back to normal after two kids. Yeah. And so for people that don't know, if you're not like, I mean, I guess most marathoners are 
experienced people would know what it means to qualify or what Boston is, but people that don't know, can you give them a brief understanding of what the Boston Marathon is to marathoners? Yeah, so it's like the mecca of running, right? You run and you train, and especially if you train and not try to wing it, it's one of your goals that you want to run this marathon in Boston because it's just so prestigious. Also, it's kind of, I guess, it's one of those things that if you don't have it or you can't get it, you want it, right? So the Boston Marathon is very very specific qualifying times, and they're very difficult for a lot of people. So by having it kind of this elite event that's, you know, within reach, but difficult, it makes it very desirable. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say, yeah. And so how successful were you at qualifying for Boston then? So I qualified for Boston as soon as I started training, taking it serious and really identifying as a runner. So what do you mean by identifying as a runner? Well, you know, with running, it's this whole thing about imposter syndrome. Sometimes we run, but we don't feel like we're runners. We don't treat ourselves as athletes because maybe because we're getting older and we're not in high school or college anymore. And I feel like, you know, that was the thing that I talked to you about when I first started hiring a coach. In the beginning, I thought, oh, who am I to hire a running coach? But then you kind of dumbed it down to for me and said, you know, when you go to a gym, people hire personal trainers. So just look at it that way. And that kind of changed my thinking about it. And then, of course, having a coach that treats you like an elite athlete definitely helped. So what was your marathon time before and after about? Like, say, oh, so better, better question. What is your marathon time was four hours-ish, right? We were talking, we discussed that. So what is your fastest marathon time now? It's at 3.18. So you cut off a significant amount of time. I did, yeah. And is that part of your motivation for the podcast too? Not really. I think I would have still started the podcast just because I love running. Yeah. Just to talk about running? Just to talk about running because I don't think it makes a difference what time I run, eventually I'll get slower again and I'm still going to be or talking you about keep running. getting fast. <laughs> well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stop eventually, but <laughs> what comes up must go down. So for those of you who are interested, Letty's run coach is Ron Tab. You can Google him. Letty did an episode about him in the past and he, he ends up being on the podcast occasionally, right? Or hopefully more. He has some valuable information that he adds. Yeah, and if you guys are looking for a coach, I definitely recommend him. If you are serious about really changing your time, he uh, loves seeing people succeed no matter what your original marathon time is, how fast or how slow you are. He just likes to see people accomplish their goals. Okay, so we've got the history of the podcast. What do you think the podcast is currently for people? I'm hoping that this podcast will motivate you listeners to continue running, to find some entertainment in it, and to keep you on track. I felt like when I listened to other running podcasts, when I started training seriously, it helped me stay in that whole mindset of being a runner. So I'm hoping to do the same thing for other people. We have interviews that we do with experts in different areas that are educational and then inspirational story as as well as motivational stories. So I kind of feel like, you know, again, I'm, I like running, but I have other interests too. It's kind of cool to geek out when you find something you like, right? 
So the podcast hopefully will satisfy people that, you know, interested in learning just every little intricate detail about running. Like hopefully you'll talk about injuries and, you know, training and diet and everything in between. Yes, absolutely. Equipment, right? Because everyone likes to buy things. Gear. We love gear. Yeah. So along those lines, like what do you see for the future of the podcast? So I'm hoping to, with this, create a running community and that sense of almost having a virtual running club where we can talk to each other, talk about ideas and help each other out. And we've actually created a Facebook group already. If you scroll to the show notes, there should be a link to our Facebook group. It's Running With Friends Community, if you're listening to it. We're also present on Instagram as Running Podcast. We try to keep it simple for you. And also, if you go to www.runningpodcast.us, you can see our website and you can see our blogs and stuff that we create as well as past episodes. So how would if, you know, if someone wants to hear about something or learn about something, how would they best communicate that to you? So you can always shoot us an email. Our email address is marathonrunningpodcast at gmail.com. And you can let us know if you have any show ideas, if you want to be a guest because you have a wonderful inspirational story. We always welcome that too. All right. So with that, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to who we are and why we do what we do. So if you enjoy our podcast, definitely hop on iTunes and leave us a great review because that'll give us more exposure. More exposure means that this podcast gets circulated in iTunes more and we gain more listenership and, you know, with that, build a bigger community. I invite you to tune back in tomorrow for our recap of our Keys 100 Relay. And please contact us. Let us know what you guys want to listen to. And again, our website is runningpodcast.us. Check it out. Check out our merchandise. Check out our blogs. And until tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.